Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi Mark, today's set of questions for you are all about how to manage horses that are causing a few problems for people under saddle. So we're going to cover how to help a horse that has a bucky bolter, bolty canter transition, how to re-educate a horse that avoids the bit pressure, how to get a really good trot halt, and advice for an overreactive horse that's obedient but anxious. I'm going to start with a question from Kathleen on how to re-educate a horse who is conditioned, trained to go behind the bit. So it's flexing versus the pole. So flexing two thirds versus at the pole. Um, due to being ridden at a very high port and long shank bit. Now Kathleen's gut says that possibly due to severity of the bit and poor horsemanship, he avoids any pressure on his tongue and palate. But how does she then get him to gradually accept contact by stretching and reaching into the bit? Think of it like a handshake. How do you start that re-education? Um, sadly, your question um, is something that I come across a lot at clinics. Um, sad because um, I see a lot of very obedient, frightened horses that have done performance and it's very common to have them, you know, people liking their horses uh, so-called soft, but the horse is just making the reins go loose in the rider's hands and the rider says, oh, my horse is soft, you know, I'll pick up soft feel and the people pick up soft feel. The horse hides behind the bit, they go, see, my horse is soft. But if you look at the whole horse, the, you know, the hardness in the eye, the, the expression on its face, the tension in it, the tension in its body, all that sort of stuff, you can tell that it's just a quick fix for the hands and the horse itself hasn't felt good about it. So picking up soft feel or feeling soft is the whole horse feeling soft and that's also the emotions of the horse um, being okay about what it's doing, not not okay. So, yeah, and unfortunately, um, it's interesting when I say this to people, I say, I'll get, I'll get, I, could, I could get all these ex-race horses off the track and in two or three rides, they'll be way more balanced than, say, for instance, the ex-reining horse. And they go, wow, well, the ex-reining horse is supposed to be balanced because it's a reining horse. It's like, yeah, but it's hiding from pressure. And it's also maybe that reining horse was on its forehand all the time and worried and bracy and still did everything very fast and did all its patterns, but it was just um, didn't know how to follow a feel. It was just cueing and moving away from pressure the whole time. Whereas a racehorse is still fighting the bit and pushing against it going, I just don't understand this trap. Whereas the horse has been learnt to hide and are frightened of even touching it, take longer to trust feel because right. it's been really hammered into them to get off that feel and, and, and move away from pressure. So one of the sayings that I have, uh, and, and you may have heard me say this, is we want, we want to create a feel follower, not a release hunter. And your horse will, will be surely a release hunter. Um, because pressure's hurt it in the past and frightened it. So um, what I tend to do, the horses that have been really traumatised in the mouth with a bit, is I take the bit out and I say, okay, we're going to start on a new page and we're going to teach you how to follow a feel and balance. So we're going to take the tool of torture out and later on, once the horse is soft at following a rein and knowing how to balance, 
then you may be able to introduce the bit back in because the horse has an alternative. Um, but until that alternative is clear in its mind and body, you're best off staying away from it until the horse feels good about all that other stuff. So the horse, as soon as you sit in the saddle and touch the reins, it'll still have a knee jerk response sometimes. So the other thing is that a lot of the training that you might do might be on the ground. And one particular thing I learned to do, uh, that I teach horses is teaching that the reins are three dimensional. So uh, talking about taking up and stretching into the bit, well, I, I would say the horse has just got to um, take up some sort of contact and just gently know that we can hold on it. So if the first lesson I do in a, in a soft halter, um, so I just use the padded nose bend holders, don't use stiff hard holders or anything like that, not, you know, with, with real aggressive knots. Just pick up the knot and I just put a little feel that they can actually feel me holding the knot and I'll try and fidget and bend and stuff like that. And every time they try and hide, I'll just make hiding unavailable until they just quietly just sort of feel me holding the knot and they don't try and go, oh, I've got to go somewhere with my head. And I'll do that. And even if you just get around their muzzle and just with your soft hands, you know, around their muzzle, just just gently hold them very, very quietly, just like you are, you know, cupping a, an egg that you don't want to break, a fragile egg. And you just go around them, around their muzzle, um, just above their mouth, you know, where, where any sort of hold pressure is going to go. And you just gently keep your hands and, and just, just gently rub them till they're comfortable with that. And then once they're comfortable with that, then I'd start to um, put a bit of feel on them. Uh, that now when I put the energy in that feel, they're just to move and I, I move that feel into them until they've moved their feet. So I might start in front of them and ask them to back up a step and then I might go to the side and just get them to move across a little bit. So when the head goes across, you just hold. And if, if their horse has done a heap of lateral flexion, they'll, when you come around the side, they want to bend back. So I'll put enough backward push on them and sideward push that I can move their whole body and they'll shift backwards a little. So you're just saying when I move the feel in my hands, I want you to move your feet. So you've got to get it to the feet. So if the horse has learned to hide on its chest, chances are it's not very collected. It's not picking up in the wither and stuff like that. So when they just get comfortable at taking up that contact of your hand and stuff like that and, and transferring it into a movement, then you can hold on to that movement until the horse is kind of just thinking backwards and it's let go of that idea of hiding. Um, but very quickly on the horses that have learned to bend in like this is because they're trying to get the tongue off their bit because they've been knocked back like that. So they're trying to get, uh, you've, you've got to show them that the reins come up. So, so if the bit was used correctly, it would have picked up in their mouth, not across their mouth like that. And then the horse wouldn't have to think it has to hide all the time. Um, so when you pick up a bit, uh, um, it breaks in a way that doesn't push down on the side of their mouth and up into their mouth. It actually lifts up in their mouth and, and sort of opens up in the direction that their mouth opens. So it's not putting as much pressure on their top of their mouth and also the bars down the side. Um, so when you pick up on the reins, it's a lot kinder on the horse, but your horse with a bit, doesn't matter which way you go with the reins, it's going to want to hide as it's, as it's response. Cause it's a, so then once it's, once it's in that um, position that you can sort of move it with your hands, then you just get the halter and you start to lead it around with the halter and then you start to just maybe pick up on it. So when the horse goes to bury, you firm up and push it up a little bit and say that's not available. As soon as it stops trying to bury down, you just loosen up. Don't try and make it back up with its head up a bit. Just say burying down's not available, don't push down. And then after a while, the horse will start to lift like that, just lift up in the head. And then you'll start to hold a bit of a lift up and slightly back, but more up. 
and just keep lifting until the horse kind of gets a little bit of a struggle up, but then that lift turns into a movement backwards uh, and they'll stop bearing in your hand. And after a while, if you're careful with that, and there's a video online of me working with a heavy front-ended horse, which I'd suggest that you watch, and it's just me lifting up till it lifts. Um, it, it'd be a lesson much like that until the wither lifts up and the horse knows how to free up. And what you want is you want to free up that whole chest and the base of the neck and the horse just loosens the chest, wants to move its front feet and lifts up in the wither. And once you've got that established that you can lift that rein and the horse can just lift and rock back a little, then you've started a good pathway to opening up the whole horse's body. And then when you're opening up the whole body, because the body's free, the feet are loose, the horse will start to actively think in a direction easier and um, because it stopped trying to hide. The alternative now with the loose with loose feet is maybe I can go in any direction instead of just put my head to my chest. So on the ground, you're gonna get it to go in all directions and you're gonna practice a lot of one rein starts. So instead of the horse just shutting the feet down and hiding in its head, you're gonna do a lot of steer, hold the rein till it moves its feet uh, and it steers off to the left and you hold the right rein, it steers off to the right. And then you hold an indirect rein, it just uh, relaxes its hindquarter and moves its hindquarter over. And riding it without legs and just letting it follow the reins in a, in a soft like side pull. I'd probably suggest once you've done the groundwork a bit in the holder, moving to a side pull under saddle, so you've got clear direct reins. Um, then you know, and a soft soft nose band on it, so you can hold pressure and it doesn't hurt the horse. You know, being able to lean on the horse without hurting it means you're more likely to get it to its thoughts and feet than it just hiding its head away from what's really like like a pain on it. So and then yeah, just getting it to follow a feel and, and turn it all into movement. And once, um, you, you know, the horse, when you pick up on a rein, you feel the whole horse loose and move its thoughts and move its feet. That's when you know you're getting somewhere. And then it'll trust the contact and it'll start to follow the feel, almost like it's, you know, you're following your mum's hand or something like that, willingly. Um, but it takes some time to, to build that, but it's not unattainable. Um, and it's very good for the horses because they make some big changes. Even just the last clinic, just some changes on a horse was really nice to watch that we could pick up on the reins and as soon as, we let go of the reins, it wasn't yawning all the time and going, oh, gee, that was, a, you know, it was starting to just stand quietly after we pick up on the reins. So the reins weren't, um, you know, causing so much anxiety that was so braced through its head. But anyway, good luck with it because it's sad to see those horses end up like that, but it's good you can sort of try and take them out of that. Okay, so the next question is from... Hermini, and it is about her new horse, Jerry, who's progressing well with the leading and the leg and the rein aids, but she's finding that he's quite overreactive. You mentioned yawning just now, and what he does is she thinks he's very obedient, but he holds a lot of anxiety, and he will have periodic mammoth yawning sessions, 10 to 15 in a row. So she thinks she's making progress, but then he reverts back to overreactiveness very quickly and easily. His reactions and release can be really abrupt and over the top, even when she's asking him quite gently. Can you give some tips or exercises to help her with him? Um, yeah, Hermini, just like the last horse I've been talking about, anything, everything I talked about with that last horse is hiding from the bit, I would tend to do with your horse. And I'd go back to the ground and make sure the horse is softly following a feel uh, on the ground, just backwards and forwards. And just in quiet movements, you know, if the horses, like, like the horse, like the last horse at the last clinic did the same in the sense it tried to hide a bit and it was anxious in the reins and a bit brittle and stiff. 
So the, the, the movements are always stiff and brittle and it's, they carry anxiety. So as soon as you loosen up on the reins and you rest for a bit, all the big yawns come out and, you know, and then the horse goes back into an emotional state when you use the reins and do work again and then they, and they all come out again when you stop. So basically um, with this particular horse at the clinic, we did, I think, three of the rides in a halter and then we went back to the bit and then the bit, the rides in the bit, just got so much better because the horse realized it was to follow a fear or not move away or run away from pressure and that was fairly advanced in some of its training it was anxious about all the advanced movements so we just um, did the advanced movements with just the reins no legs none of that just let follow the reins in a halter and then going back to the bit it actually got a lot more comfortable um, so with your horse um, you know it'd be the same just get it back to following a feel softly uh, forwards, backwards, just, just just steering a little bit and um, growing that into under saddle riding uh, in a side pull. And, you know, if the horse is grinding a lot and bracing. So uh, the other horse I was talking about uh, in the last question was hiding. Some horses are kind of hiding a bit, but they're grinding and they're all kind of tight, but they're rigid and overreacting in their feet and stuff like that. So... Um, Yours mightn't be overreacting and dropping its head away in a hurry, but it's actually doing rigid, hard movements. And, 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 and yeah, if you drop the reins, it's probably taking a few extra steps and, and trying to, you know, over-anticipate everything because it's more of a hotter type horse maybe. So, yeah, just work it on slowly. And, 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 the, and a really good lesson in the backup that I do, I imagine that I'm taking off in an aeroplane and I'm landing just as smooth. So when I, when I start a backup on the ground, I start very slowly very slowly and then I build it a little bit to the horse's ability as in I don't back it faster than it's able to and then I just gently start to land in the backup so say I've gone slow a little bit faster a little bit faster a little bit faster and I'll get to that fast point and then I go a little bit slower a little bit slower a little bit slower a little bit and stop so I actually make the stop very gradual so that if, if you don't want to a lot of horses you've got to remember people have ridden them in a way that they release the reins and 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 as i've said a lot of times at clinics and you might have heard me say this before is um there's there's the word starts with r and release starts with r and i say to everyone um release is a and what's the most common answer reward everyone says well release is a reward and i say well it it is a kind of a reward but releasing is a request and how we release is how we request something so like i said when i ask for a backup i don't go back up back up back up back up and then drop it and say release because the horse backed up because then i've just dropped it off into nothing so that's what i'm saying so your horse is probably used to people going do this and then they release the reins so your horse hunts that nothingness if especially if it didn't like the reins so what we have to do is we have to say no no I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna release the same way I picked up I'm gonna slow down that release so you release with the reins and I can just land you gently into the stop like I'm placing you into the stop and if you can get a backup like that then you might start to get your turns that you can take the turn and instead of the horse waiting for you to release the reins say thanks for turning you can say straighten out like this. As, and then the horse will get accustomed to following a feel. If you always release the reins, the horse actually still will always hunt release and, 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 and move away from pressure instead of towards feel. So sometimes people who release really well can still have a horse that's escaping pressure because it's so, it's so distinct, the release, compared to the pressure put on it. 
So if you time your, or you, you tune or gradual, grad, gradually release in a way that's a, that is, is, is a pathway, then the horse actually gets accustomed to following the path. And then it's only following the path of least resistance. It's not just saying, I want to hunt that nothing feeling. Um, and I think, yeah, everything like, yeah, riding like that's going to really make a difference. Wonderful. Okay. So the next question is from Carolyn. She's got a young mare who's been going pretty well under saddle. Um, but one issue she's having is improving the stop aid in a trot. So she's nice and responsive from a walk to a halt, but not great from a trot to a walk. Her question is, should she be using a soft rein aid? And if she doesn't respond, just make it firmer? A bit of everything. Um, you can go firmer. Uh, also in your walk to, to halt, I would actually go walk to back up. So if you want the horse to come back through the reins from a trot, sometimes going from a, a medium walk into a backup with no, no brace and actually, uh, so to, to in, improve, to get the horse prepared for a, a slightly more confronting transition with the reins later on, you've got to sort of present a slightly more confronting transition, uh, but you build your horse to be prepared for it. Like you don't, you don't teach your kids, uh, you know, one thing one day and say, oh, there's a test tomorrow, by the way, um, hurry up you, you actually want to teach them to know that they're going to pass the test so so you kind of want the horse ready to pass the test so to make a horse better with the reins is you might go I'm walking in a medium walk and I'm going to go straight to a backup and you're going to reduce the time that the horse has to go from a walk into a backup and slowly reduce it so the horse can go walk back up and then if you want to halt you just go pick up on the reins and before the horse backs up you loosen the reins and say halt there okay so you're actually saying whichever speed the reins go, are you capable to follow that? And um, you can do that in a walk by increasing the rein speed. So over time, over so many tra transitions, you increase the rein speed. And a lot of people have a certain rein speed that they just get used to and the horse gets used to. And then when they go to trot, because the horse is trotting for some reason, that rein speed feels faster and the horse is quite confronted and braces to it. Um, and also, some horses, when they're trotting, they've got a stronger forward thought, which means when you confront them with that barrier at the front, they're still thinking forward harder, so they're going to you know, push into the reins. So you've got to really make sure when you draw up on the reins in a medium walk and a fast walk that the horse is letting go of that hard forward thought or that forward thought and thinking backwards into the reins and, and backing up. So you want that instant thought change to those reins and you know that's working. So if you've increased the, the intensity of the walk, over and over till the horse is in a fast walk. You've uh, got it used to um, slightly faster rein speeds, so it's not confronted when you say, now come back quicker, uh, a little sooner, um, then, then the horse will be uh, ready to cope with that sort of change at the trot. Um, the other thing you can do at the trot is get the horse thinking more about what you're doing by doing certain transitions in the trot before you close two reins and say, come back. So something I might do is if I'm trotting around and for some reason the horse is quite um, soft when it's walking, but when it trots, it zones out a bit. I'd maybe, if I, as soon as I see that horse destinate a little bit, I'd go, maybe turn left. And the horse will go, oh, we're left now. And then I'll see the horse destinate and I'll go, oh, turn right. And the horse will go, oh, crikey, I was running a bit late there. And then after a while, you might even go, I could be over here 
or I could be over there. And you might do some little like left a bit, center, right a bit, center. And I think we've done this before on an online lesson. But, um, and you get the horse sort of wondering where you are. And then when the horse is wondering and it's not got a really strong forward thought or destinating, that's when you time your two rein transition. So the horse is more prepared to come back in those reins. Um, and the other thing you can also do is get a horse to listen to your trot, you know, up a step, thank you, up a step, thank you, down a step, thank you, down a step, thank you, until the horse is following your rising rhythm up and down. And then you can slowly rhythm it down a bit so the horse is thinking down and then you pick up your slow down with the reins. And But you don't just do one. You want to do lots of different ones. All those things I've said, break it up and do it so the horse is not kind of going, oh, I've got to listen to a seat and if a seat's not there, I can't listen to the reins. Also, got to be able to listen to the reins without the seat as well. Okay, so the final question for this session is from Jane, and this is about the Bucky Bolter Counter. So she has a 15-year-old Arab gelding that she rides with endurance, and historically they've spent most of the time trotting on trail. She's had him for two years, but he's been off for four months due to an injury. The vet has cleared him to resume work. And the saddle fit has been looked at and that's not an issue. He's a beautiful big forward trot, but he's lost it under saddle. They've been practicing on the ground where he demonstrates a beautiful, relaxed, long and low walk trot transition. But under saddle, she waits until he's relaxed, long and low, and then uses the tiniest bit of energy to signal a trot. He pins his ears, lifts his front and canters. She asks him to transition down to a trot, but he will walk. And when she asks him to trot, she, he gets frustrated, pins his ears, kicks out and gives a bucky bolt canter. She wants to get the relaxed trot that she has on the ground under saddle without triggering that bucky bolt canter. How can she accomplish it? Tune the accelerator. It's like uh, if you had a car that you put your foot on the accelerator a little bit and it does a you know, screeches off really, really fast. When you go to the mechanic, the mechanic's going to say, um, what's wrong? And you're going to tell him that when I put my foot in the accelerator, the car takes off too fast. Well, he's going to fix the uh, accelerator, um, so not the brakes. Um, though horses need steering and brakes fixed like that, is there's obviously something that's um, bothering him about acceleration and being accelerated and Riding a horse down into a relaxed state does not always help um, the acceleration. So, you know, over the years I've ridden, you know, so many hundreds of horses down that, you know, you because know, there's, I've, you know, ridden a lot of, you know, horses that go fast that we learn and learn to ride them down. We ride on a loose rein, we turn them, we get them relaxed, relax, relax. Only to find out that when I put the accelerator on, they go back into uh, a bad memory, and that memory is something that could have been in the horse, you know, from other training and stuff like that. And so we have to fix that memory, not avoid that memory. So that memory would be, I want to teach you how to follow the feel of a leg. So you could start even with a belly rope on the horse even and just teach them to lead up to a belly rope on the ground. So to say something I do is I back a horse into the belly rope and then I use belly rope pressure to step it forward and back it into the belly rope pressure to step it forward. So it's comfortable with that sort of restriction or on the belly and that forward feel of that belly rope asking it. So it's sort of like, you know, it squeezes and the horse moves off that belly rope and then walks back into it and moves off that belly rope. 
things like that just get it comfortable around the belly just if you can find and also by doing that you're going to find any red flags in there around the rib cage it, it could be a, a sort of um an area for concern that you might want to look into so you, you're actually sort of hunting a bit more brace by putting the belly rope on um, because I think it's important not to avoid brace. It's, 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 it's important to find it. It's a bit like, um, chemo, like I think sometimes I do chemotherapy on horses, um, at a clinic. Um, you say, why do you do chemo? It's like, well, chemotherapy is designed to hunt every bit of cancer in your body, no matter where it's hiding or any corner. So an operation, you can't go in a, a doctor can't operate on a bit of cancer and, and but if they think there's any fragments of cancer that have gone through the body the chemo is supposed to sort that out so i guess when someone brings a, a horse to my clinic I'm, I'm i guess the chemotherapy i'm the one that sort of goes through the whole horse and if there's any brace in that horse hidden somewhere i'll find it and try and get rid of it because that brace could be a brace that um, will come out at a certain point and really flare up and, and then and, and then some braces they grow um, so so we've got to get rid of it so what I'm saying is that belly rope might cause a little bit more of a like oh crikey I'm nervous about that but then you realize why the horse was doing a bad transition in the truck because you'll find that there's a real area of brace around that rib cage that's just an idea but uh, something to look at but so what I would sort of also work on is just a lot of slow down speed up a little bit slow down speed up a little bit and only use your heels to ride your horse for a while don't let it think that heels are something that touch it out of the blue if it doesn't do anything or does something wrong or um, don't show it you've got a seat because if it's a horse that explodes into that canner it might feel a shift of seat and think right i'm going to avoid the heels quickly and get going um, so i would only ride it with heels uh, in a slow walk um, and using the heels to go speed up a little bit, speed up a little bit, slow right down with the reins, slow right down with the reins, slow right down with the reins, speed up a little bit, speed up a little bit, slow down, until the horse is following the feel of your heels up and then the reins down, and the heels up and the reins down. And then you get to a point that the horse is thinking trot, but it hasn't quite trotted. You know when they get that little bit of a amble and they think, oh, I just might trot. And then you go, no, slow down. And then you go speed up again. And then when the horse is going, oh, I just feel like trotting and I'm so happy, you go, well, you're allowed to now. But if you feel a hard thought, as in most people, if they can calibrate the accelerator and make it more like slow motion, but with, with energy, uh, as in slow motion means you can ask a little bit and you only get a tiny bit, not ask a bit and get a lot. That means you can get your horse so close to trot without trotting it that you can see the thought before the feet move into trot. And if you see a hard thought coming out before the feet go to trot, say, don't have a hard thought, come back, let's try again. In most cases, that horse will get to a point that it goes, oh, you know what, I could just trot right now. And then you just go, okay, and you loosen up and say, oh, you just trot. And then what happens instead of going trot transition, you're going releasing when the horse thinks trot. And then, and then you kind of get to a stage you're releasing when the horse is thinking and trotting. So the release happens on the soft thought. And then, yeah, it means a lot of tuning, but by the time you've got back to trot, you've got a good accelerator. And, and I think, you know, trying to work on a trot transition in one hour, you might work on accelerator in a week, but then you'll have that accelerator that you can work on your counter transition with and all the other things. So, so you sort of, you know, 
it's almost like building a good foundation just in case you want to build a three-story house one day but you know today you can only afford it you know this week you can only afford a one-story but your foundation is strong enough to build a three-story house so so if you think of it like that you can't go wrong fantastic love it thank you so much mark thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you again thanks jenny thanks everybody You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.